Hey guys, it's Jason Webb. This is the show that highlights local business leaders and the movers and shakers of Minnesota. Welcome to Minnesota Made. What's up, Minnesota? Well, I got a few first. Three strikes, I'm out. This is my third go at this podcast, and I'm interviewing six people. So I kind of look like a jackass right now. I apologize. Well, it is what it is. Uh, I am sitting at S.M. Hentges and Sons, Inc. This is my third time doing an introduction, so I better nail this. Steve Hentges, President, CEO, the founder, along with his lovely wife, Jeanette Hentges, Vice President and CFO. How you doing, Steve? Very good, thank you. Good, Jeanette, how you doing? Great, thank you. All right, Johnny, you're up, dude. I'm up. How you doing, Johnny? Good, Johnny Hentges here. I'm the <laughs> shop manager. I'm in charge of keeping the equipment going and repairs. Awesome. And then we got Crystal. Hi, Crystal Swartzer. I don't have daily roles here at SM Hentges and Sons, but I do own a tunnel and boring company, which would be a contractor as well. All right. All right. Cool. You're your own entrepreneur. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Nate, right? Yep. Nate Hentges here. I do uh, the business director. So I work with uh, project managers, estimators, and uh, the admin staff here to work on various different business aspects of the company. Okay. What was your title again, Nate? Business director. Business director. And then we got Jeremy. Yeah, I'm Jeremy. I'm the director of operations. Um, my role is to keep the to keep the daily functions moving and try and take the job from bid to a win. Oh, bid to a win. Man, that's clever. Did you come up with that? <laughs> Just made it up. <laughs> <laughs> You're clever like that. All right, so let's start from the beginning. Jeanette, how did this all come about? Can you give me a little background on... You know, the idea of S.M. Henches and Sons, maybe a little bit about any previous business you may have started or tried out or how did this idea come about? Can you give me a little background information? Like what year are we talking here? Okay, the year was 1981 spring that we started the <coughs> S.M. Henches and Sons, but I wanted to go back a few yeah, years. Yeah, yeah, um, let's do that. It was, uh, Steve was just out of high school and he started towing with a winch on the back of a pickup. Okay, he started towing? Towing cars with a winch on the back of a pickup truck because that's all he could afford at the time. He had a pickup truck, put a winch Uh on the back Uh and was able to tow cars for the city when they needed an accident or something. Yeah. So that evolved into, of course, it wasn't the ideal setup. So as he got some money, then he was able to actually get a loan from a good bank that we used much in the next 20 years to uh, buy a wrecker. Okay. And that evolved into five or six wreckers and an airbag system. And he can go into how the airbag system uploads semis, upright semis and everything. Yeah. So, uh, so Steve, you started a uh, towing wrecker type business and you did that for how long? Uh, that lasted for another three years. Three years? Nights and weekends and seven days a week. Yeah. What was your motivation behind that? Did you have experience in that type of business? You just seen a need or you just don't want to <laughs> work for the man anymore? Like, I what? Just, No, I just was going to be my own boss. Yeah. Fresh out of high school? No, I was probably still in high school when I started this. Oh, venture. okay. Okay. So you did that for about three years? Yep. And then what? Yeah. And, then, and then I started working for different contractors around 
around town. Why not keep Why not keep on with the record thing? It just we wasn't... did keep on with the record thing at oh. the same time. Had some some daytime employees, and then you know, oh, it was kind of probably pay per tow type people on call because we couldn't afford like a full staff. Mm. But he managed to keep yeah keep uh, that going keep at the same going. time. Yes, you had some spare time, and yeah, my guess is you don't sleep that much. I did no. Well, no. and. Snow plowing was the high school job he was talking about. He plowed snow yeah. oh. commercially. Tremendous amount of snow plowing back in the day. So where's this entrepreneurial spirit come from? Does uh, were your parents uh, business owners or siblings or anything like that? No. Like where where did where does this come from for you? Any idea? Just the motivation to work. I yeah, mean, my mother was a she was a, a a waitress at a restaurant for I don't know thirty years. My father worked down in Savage at Continental Machines until okay. he, till he died. Okay. They were just nothing special. I mean, they. My yeah. father played in a in a band, a Jolly Magicians band back in the day. It was an old time polka band, so mm. mm-hmm. I went to many dances with them. You know how to polka? I know how to polka. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I had polka that a lot when I was a little guy. <laughs> You know, I've been self-employed since 2001. I used to be a chiropractor and open some clinics and so on. And uh, I, I feel part of my motivation was seeing my parents from time to time argue about money. You know, and as a little kid and I witnessed that, I think it kind of made an impact on me and being like, I don't ever want to do that. You know, I want to I want to try to make it big. So I think that was part of my motivation, become self-employed. And in addition to that, I always feel like I got a better way to do things anyway. You know, somebody tells me to do something and I'm like, I can narrow that 10 step process down to probably about four or five, you know. So let me do it my way. And that led to being my own boss. Does yep. any of that sound true to you? Yeah, or? yeah, yeah. Just as long as you keep it legal. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, again, this was back in um, 1981 that SM Hanchets came about. Is that right? Correct. And can you tell me a little bit about that process? You're like, okay, I've done some of this work in road construction, and I think I can do this on my own. So let me go take out this uh, million-dollar loan, buy a bunch of equipment, and hire a bunch of people and, and, and get to work. Is that how it went down? Not quite. I borrowed $10,000 for the dump truck and the tractor backhoe, and I went out on my own. Okay. And about, oh, by that fall, I'd hired one employee. One employee. And, yeah, one employee. He's not and still here, is he? No. No, okay. <laughs> no. Nope. That was a long time ago. That was a long time ago. Yeah. And we just kept getting bigger and bigger, kept working our way through it. So. And what kind of work initially were you doing? Back then, it was small jobs. I mean, small pipe jobs. We put in septic tanks, any grading job, haul gravel, you know, whatever whatever needed to be done. Okay. Jeanette, were you involved with the company at the time? I was, mostly nights and weekends because I worked full-time for the Toro Company mm. in the uh, accounting divisions uh, in Minneapolis. And then I got transferred, fortunately, out to the Shakopee office, which okay. helped because it was closer to home. Yeah. We had, Jer was born in 79, and... Um, oh, by the way, we were married in 78. <laughs> married in 78, okay. A lot going on, man. Yeah, So he yeah. and then Nate was born right after, while well, we first started S.M. Henchison's April, and it was S.M. Henchison's son, and then Nate was born, so we had to add a S to it to change it to sons. So I was still working for Toro then during the days, and so I'd work nights and weekends doing billings and different things, keeping the company going. I would end up doing payroll after church on Sunday when they took their naps. So that was the first job I hired out for because I didn't want to do that on Sunday anymore. Oh, yes. I don't blame you. I got rid of that job a long time ago. (laughs) I hated it. So 
when, when Jeremy was born, you actually changed the name and added son to the business, even though he's... When Nathan was born, we had Nathan. to add son. Jer yeah. was there Jer first. Was son. Yeah. Nathan is a son's... Yeah. So even you, you changed the business name even when they were just like babies? Yeah. Yeah? They're, they're, they're going to be part of the business no matter what, right? Um, people right? were yeah. looking for... People would come up to Steve looking for his dad. Yeah. Ah. Where's your dad? Oh, he must be the son. Where's uh, your no, dad? The oh. sons are no, little. The buck yeah. stops here. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, funny. So, Jeremy, you're the oldest of the siblings here? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. So do you remember those early days back in uh, 1981 when the business was started and all that? Or you were just in diapers, weren't you? Yeah, not quite. I think I remember the tow trucks. Um, I remember my bike getting run over by tow trucks when I was a little kid, <laughs> leaving them behind it. <laughs> um, but I, that may have been like three or four. Okay. Yeah. We ran the but, towing company until about, what, 84? We had we had people hired to in that so at least eighty four eighty seven maybe so our babysitters that we would hire which a lot of times were my sisters would also need to know how to answer a call from the police department or uh, oh. state patrol and dispatch whoever was on call for the tow. Jeez, they're this multitasking twenty four seven. Yeah, yeah. So had SM Henches started in 81, you were still doing the uh, tow truck driving stuff too, the wrecker stuff, yes. in addition to that. At what point in time did you decide, oh, I'm just going to focus on the SM Henches and get rid of the wrecker stuff? Yeah. When I had gotten too much work to do and I couldn't tow at night and work during the day. Yeah. Okay. Consistently. Yeah. You know, you can do it for two, three days, but after that, it gets a little tired. 83, okay. 84, something yeah, like something that, like that. 84, maybe. Okay, okay. Where Johnny was born. <coughs> Johnny, you're the uh, the third one. Yeah, 1984. Yep. And Crystal, you're the baby. All right, all right. So, who came to work with you at first? Was it Jeremy? Did For it... sons? Yeah, yeah. Who came to work at the company with you first? Yeah, what? with the, with your sons here, with your siblings. He was with me from no, I don't know, two on three when he woke you up two on Saturday three. morning yeah. to go to work. <laughs> <laughs> Time to go eat breakfast, then we go to work. So yeah, he he, liked, he was always with me. I'm he he'd rather go run and play in the, the dozer, run a bobcat, whatever, than to go to school yeah. or do anything. He used to go with his uncle, which was our blade operator at the time, and he would work for him on. I mean, you couldn't slow him down for forty hours a week, and that's after school. Wow. Jumping stakes, setting stakes yeah. for grades, grade stakes. I mean. Yeah. It, that's cool. You remember those days, Jeremy? Oh, yeah. Lots good of, good yeah. memories? Mama made me stay home by Wednesday night. She wanted to go to work on Thursday until I drove her nuts by about noon on Thursday. And then she'd be like, just come pick him up. Yeah. I had told him he had to go do something fun with his friends. Yeah, quit working so much. Go to Valley Ferry, could not work that many hours, and he just was not happy. I'm like, whatever. Go uh, to work. Yeah, so you're a hard worker, too, yeah, huh? Buck an hour, though. That was good. How much? One dollar an hour? My first check was 32 bucks. <laughs> wow, that's not bad, man. So that, that he was you, not getting spoiled. Yeah, you made him work for it. <laughs> you got a raise. Yeah, yeah, that's good. And uh, so, when, as you guys got older and started working with the company, it was it just kind of I don't know, like assumed like this is what you're going to do and uh, or did you were you tempted to explore other options as you were getting older like hey I want to go become a doctor I don't want to go work with my dad and my mom I don't know Jeremy I'll, I'll start with you what, what was your feeling growing up was this this kind of destiny for you I think I like building stuff I like doing the work at the money was good I mean you know, I had money to buy whatever I wanted because I worked for it. Yeah. You know, when you got to high school, your friends are going off to college and they're going into <clears> debt. And, you know, and you're coming home with 
thousand bucks a week in your pocket. So I just, I think it, it, it was driven by money. I think. And yeah. I like, I would like to work. I don't mind to work. So it, I, I get I think it. It's just because it was there and it was an opportunity. I, mean, I think there's some things I would have tried maybe looking back, but yeah. it's like baptism by fire. I mean, you're just go, go, go or yeah. 60, 80, hundred dollars a week ever since, you know, so long as I can remember. So it's, wow. I don't have a lot of time to, explore other opportunities yeah well money's motivating man so i mean if i was a young teenage boy and i'm making good money right you know early on i'm sold let's keep doing this you know let's keep rolling nate how about you did you ever think about uh exploring something else or was it just uh assumed that this is what you're gonna do well just like jerry you know it's it's we literally grew up doing this so it Mm. was pretty much ingrained to us um we we had the opportunities to look at other my parents never forced us into this industry but I did take time and go to college and that was kind of just a, a four year break from construction, I guess, to, mm. you know, realize that it is what I wanted to do and got a business degree to come back and, and help the company in that aspect as well. Okay, good. Where'd you go to college? Eau Claire. Eau Claire. All right. Johnny. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. You know, I, I dabbled with a couple of different things, nothing major, did a little bit of schooling, you know, the Votech school for automotive tech and, you know, you're working half the day because you got to school half the day. That lasted about three months. And <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was just kind of, yeah, stuck with the company. And it's good learning a lot of different roles. That's what's kind of fun about it. You yeah. know, it can be, you know, versatile and fill in any voids that, you know, need help with in the company. Yeah. So are you pretty mechanically inclined? Are you what's an automotive tech and now you're kind of the shop manager? You keep things running around here? Yeah. I mean, I got a lot of guys I lean on, but yeah, definitely got to keep them going right in the right way and make the decisions on, you know, there's a lot of, a lot what of repairs, a lot of big dollars. Yeah. So you a loser. Were you going to say something there, Johnny, Steve? you should tell him your sideline business, and Nate, you should tell him yours, too. Was that the snowmobile stuff? <laughs> Later? Yeah. No, we can get into it. <clears throat> Who wants to go first? Nate. Nate. <laughs> yeah, Let's hear so, it. So we also got into racing snowmobiles, snowcross. And what year was that, Nate? 2000 is when we started the company itself. 99 was 99 the first year was, uh, 99 was Johnny started yeah. out at Coffee Mill Ski Hill. Wabasha. Yeah. Yeah, it started as, as a family thing, and, you know, it was it was really cool to, um, basically, I'd leave college on the weekends to come home and hang out with the family or wherever we were, because we could have been in Aspen or New York or somewhere in between. Sure. Um, but it was, it was a lot of fun to do that as a family, and uh, I think it was about 2012 when our family quit doing it, you know, basically as a family anymore, when Johnny and I quit racing, uh, and then I bought out the rest of the family and keep doing it at a professional level uh, as one of the top players' teams. Oh. Uh, in the country for snowcross. Oh, that's cool. That today. You continue it today. Mm-hmm. So is that just kind of a, a passion, a love thing that uh, you, you did as a uh, as a youngster is ride snowmobiles and you're like, hey, I'm pretty good at this. Let me start racing and hey, I'm pretty good at racing. Let's start, a, let's start a business. Is that kind of the progression of it? Yeah, kind yeah, of. I'll yeah. Let you go with, uh, I can. I kind of drug them all. It's your fault. Dirt bike, actually. Okay. Yeah. This is a story in its own. But started out on a dirt bike that um, I had got a bike, fourteen, I think, and I really wanted to go racing bad. And Dad just uh, had work to do on Sundays. The races were Sundays. A lot of families camped out Saturday. Mom finally decided to bring me after I begged and begged and begged, and then Dad said, "Well, I can bring my work with." So he brings his briefcase can I, can I add to yeah that? go for it so he was begging to go on sunday to another racetrack in a cow field of the pasture and that's where they set up <laughs> they were hot and dirty we had a cabin that we 
could maybe go to on Sunday if we got a chance. We had boats sitting there. We had but, racing to do. But he <laughs> wanted to race. I had reviews to work on to get prepared for Monday to do that week, which because we ended up having to work really a lot. And so Steve looked at me and he goes, it's the only day I have to like lay on the couch. And I'm like, yeah, well, he goes, Maybe you should just get the motorhome. Yeah. Done. By, by week two, we had a motorhome and a little trailer. and <laughs> So yeah. he could actually help with the racing and get a nap in when he needed to. Catch up on paperwork, whatever. <laughs> yeah. And we had power so we could power up the computers. That rolled into uh, the next year, I believe. I was 15 when I got into snowcross, I think a year or two before Nate. And uh, that was that coffee mill we were talking about earlier. Mm. And, uh, yeah, it grew fast, and it, it kind of worked, I think, for a family because we're highway-heavy road construction people. So, you know, the winters, yeah, it's busy, but it's not fiery busy, like, yeah. all summer long. So, yeah. and then, yeah, me and Nate raced for a long time. And- yeah, and all our, our family was in it. Dad would drive one of the semis, and Jerry would drive, you know, another one of the semis, and Oh, you know, Mom was there, and Crystal all weekend, too, you know, making sure we... Crystal raced for a year. Crystal raced, yeah. and Jerry built the snow cross tracks <clears throat> for... The circuit. The circuit, yes. We had we had three sleds at our house that we maintained there for the race team. Okay. And then they had three in Wausau. Okay. So the the truck that Nate's referring to was a forty foot motorhome pulling a thirty six foot trailer. Oh wow! So a big rig. Right. We fed the crew. I yeah. was the chief cook. Oh, <laughs> yep. okay, good, good. Yeah, we went as chief far cook, as and he might not have been the tuner on the team, but if we bent up a tunnel, he'd get out the hammer, and yeah. uh, he was good he at that stuff, maker, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't fight tune things very well. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Crystal, I don't want to leave you out. So, what what was your thinking about you know the family business and if you're going to get involved with it or not, and then also. Interested to find out more about your current business and how that came about. Yeah. So my, my story is a lot. It's similar to Nate's and the fact that I also went to a four-year school to explore other options. Like Nate said, mom and dad never forced our hand anywhere. We just, you know, um, we did have opportunity and I feel like all of us pretty much capitalized on that. So I ended up up in Duluth for four years and every summer would come back here and work on the, I was in the sod crew at that time. So in the field. Sod crew? Yeah. Is that what they call it? Well, Green side up. Restoration. Oh. Yeah, erosion control. Oh, okay. Make it sound better than what it is. Okay. <laughs> no, I won't. <laughs> but yeah, I um, after went through my four years, then kind of had the opportunity to start up Rice Lake Boring, which is a disadvantaged business enterprise company. They call it a DBE. Mm. So each um, percent or each job you see on the walls here, um, that our bid have a DBE goal Mm. for all these federally funded jobs. Okay. So being that they have to have so much of the contract given to a subcontractor that holds that certificate. Okay. Um, So being woman-owned, I was able to fill that. Yeah. Um, So we do Rice Lake Boring. We do the same utilities in terms of storm sewer, water main, and sanitary lines. But we put them in without disturbing the traffic above. So SMN just does an open cut method with that where we do, uh, it's called jack and bore. Okay. It's simple, simple, like it's a lot more to it than this. But just to give you a visual, we would dig a pit on one side of the road, mm-hmm. gopher underneath it, mm-hmm. dig out with a auger or hand tunnel or whatever the method may be, and then dig a pit on the other side. And then we put the pipe in that way. And then another 
Hentges or any other general contractor will take off and keep laying it through the open cut method. How big is the gopher you're sending through? <laughs> and the reason why it goes as it goes as big as 144 inches, but that was unique. This is a big pipe. I mean, that's not a gopher. That's a hand tunnel at that point. Yeah. yeah. But our job we had in Des Moines was 15,000 feet of 144 inch concrete pipe. Wow. And it was what three boards on it? Two boards. Two. Two boards on it, where she had to push push the casing through. Yep. No, you direct, no, direct no, you jack. Direct jack. So she pipe. just hooks right onto the pipe, and then you push the pipe, and you have to go in there and hand dig out each. Bloober, <laughs> huh. like Hollywood squares. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, rock. Hopefully, not a rock. Yeah. <laughs> but at 12 inches or at 144 inches. Interesting. Uh, I worked for this uh, uh, for a short period of time. When I came back from the Army before I started college for the summer, I worked for an underground utility company, and I drove around with this guy by the name of Steve Pulfus, who was a big bodybuilder dude. And, and our job was to drive to different locations, get that big compressor going in the back, hook up the hose, get the gopher connected, and shoot a gopher underneath like a, a road somewhere and wherever. We drove all over and did this all day, right? And... Uh, it was interesting work, and uh, it's a bummer when you don't hit the hole on the other side, right? <laughs> We're like, ah, oh, we got to back this up somehow, you know, get this back out of there. But it was a good experience. We had a lot of fun. He was a cool guy to work with, and there's an art to it, man. I mean, I'm not much of an art. I mean, we just kind of aimed and pointed, and I was like, yeah, that looks like it's going to hit that hole. And uh, I don't know. I would say we've got about 95% success rate on the first shot. Uh, well, that's cool, Crystal. And uh, thank you for doing the podcast with us today. Yeah. All right. So I guess I, you know, I should rewind a little bit. I got the lovely Melanie LaRue here with me. And we're out of mics. We have four mics and eight people in the room. So I got to share my mic with Melanie. And... You know, she was telling me a little bit about the family growing up and how she used to babysit all, all you guys when you're little and in diapers. And I guess I want to direct this question at Melanie. You know, do you remember these guys as kids and what it was like? And and, and who was the troublemaker of the group here? Okay. Um, yes, I definitely remember. I'm not that old. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, but I must say, like, because of our age difference... I don't think I saw Johnny since diapers. Yeah. So, I mean, literally, that's what I, I mean. Just as big, I remember his big cheeks and <laughs> running around in diapers. Jer, I remember in high school because he was friends with my sister and so was his wife. And Nate was an angel, always. <laughs> like, always an angel. Crystal, I did not have the opportunity of babysitting. She came along a little bit later. Nice. Yes. But, no. Great, great kids, all of them. I don't think there was a troublemaker. If anybody, it'd have to be Johnny. I'll take that. Yeah, I think it has to be Johnny. Yeah. It's one in every crowd. Yeah, I would have guessed Crystal. She looks a little sassy to me. She wasn't around yet. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's uh, let's let's take it from uh, back in the day to current. What's been the progress like? What have been some of the hurdles you'd had to jump over? Did you you know go from residential to commercial, or were you always open to both lines of business? And how did the focus get narrowed to what it is that you actually do now? I don't know. What, let's take that over with uh, Steve or Jeanette. Who wants to handle that one? That would be Steve. All right, Steve. Well, let's... it, it kind of as we grew in the utility business, you know, we went from one crew to two crews and. Two crews couldn't do it because you couldn't schedule it. And now we got, I don't know, 10 or 12 crews. Hmm. 
And and then it got to be scheduling concrete behind the street crews that you tried to schedule with everything else. And then that didn't work very good. So we've been in concrete for 20 years. Mm. And then uh, our own restoration, we've always taken care of that. Just it's, it's basically scheduling to help us get through these projects, get them done on time. Because you get a sub out there, he's two weeks out. You know, you can't wait for two weeks just to leave it lay here. So therefore, that's how we got involved in a lot of what we do today, even up to the blacktop, which we do our own blacktopping now. So, so it sounds like you just kind of keep add, adding services <clears throat> or expanding your portfolio and your capabilities as you progressed and got bigger and bigger. Like, sounds like was blacktop one of the most recent things that you've added to uh, your services? Yes, correct. It's been our second year now on that one. Okay. And that's what he said he was never going to do because he could have had his uncle's blacktopping business if he wanted to. Oh, oh. Did 30, you... 30 years ago, though. Yeah. Yes, yes, right out of high school. He did help Blacktop, and he decided that's not what he wanted to do. So it was the last thing we added to complete the mm. capability to do the full circle of most of the work. It goes back to scheduling. Now you can schedule it on in our company, not a subcontractor. Okay. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, being control. That's good. Control is good. I like control for sure. So what's 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 the next service? You got something else that you need to add to it, or do you think you got it all covered? Jer's shaking his head no, so I doubt it. <laughs> is that it, Jer? Exactly what we would add. I mean, if it's like some specialty or something, you know, different. But I I think for right now we just got to keep getting really good at what we do. Yeah. And, uh, capitalize on. We grew to Denver this year. Location so we, is what's changing. You know, I mean, just okay. in a different market. We yeah, we started in Denver this year with two sewer crews and a grading operation. Why just Denver? That's kind of random. Hmm? A lot of work there. We had um, had access to some to a, an estimator and a, a team. To okay. Find us work, get us work, and run the work. So. Okay. Um, people are key. You need equipment anywhere, but you can't always get the people. Um, there we had the people, and we got the equipment, and now we got the work. And uh, one thing leads to another. Mm. That's how you get to be this big. Yeah. How big? 350. 350 employees. Uh, it, and it's all about scheduling. I mean, it's schedule yeah. is the key to this stuff. Logistics. I mean, you work for the state, they got some ridiculous schedules on some of the stuff that you do. You know, they're, you're working seven days a week for them people, and they don't they don't care. It's just, that's got to be it done, done by this day. Wow. So, uh, Jer, what, what, what are some of the things that uh, you guys do here at SM Henches and Sons? Can you just rattle off some of the things, some of the services you provide? Yeah, we, we start with, um, we, we do some of our own tree clearing, then we'll grade the site, we'll grade the highways, whatever it's going to be, we'll, we'll move the dirt, then we'll install utilities. If there's any bridges on it or structural concrete or box culverts, we'll do that. Then we'll you know, continue building road, we'll pour the curb, the gutter, the flat work. Blacktop it or we'll concrete pave it or we'll put the like the, the Jersey barrier so you go down the middle of the highway, we'll put that medium barrier up. Mm. Well you know, from there basically we're you know your bike trails, your you know, your erosion control, and uh we don't do the paint striping, we don't do chain link fences or bridges. Fence work. We do bridges, yep. There's yeah. a bridge, we'll build the bridge typically. The bridge is like six hundred and sixty feet in Iowa. Jeez. Uh, over the, uh, the raccoon, raccoon river. Raccoon, yep. Nice bridge job. But we typically, if we go for a bridge, it's typically in conjunction. We're more competitive if there's, you know, more of the kind of general contractor work we do with it. Yeah. You know, we're not Rather than it's just, just a, a bridge. bridge. Yeah. Um, we do get some every now and then. But so basically, start to finish, um, we're kind of a one stop shop for either highway heavy, you know, private work. Um, we're doing 550,000 square foot 
building right now with um, Ryan, RJ Ryan, and Shock Pete. Mm. Um, you know, a lot of not super heavy into the private stuff, but but enough to they keep calling on us to bid stuff. We do a lot of stuff with Dorn, like in Canterbury. We did all the triple crown work. We're starting another building there soon with them. Um, we've done all the improvements for Canterbury. That's all private. So we, we get in. Uh, you're probably more private work than you realize when you start start yeah. sitting here thinking talking about it. But a lot of private, a lot of public. Okay. And uh, one thing I think that's appealing to the private sector is we can do everything for them. We don't build a building, but yeah. we take all their exterior package and lump it into one. Okay, cool. I'm assuming you can refer some work over to Crystal then when uh, those types of jobs come up. Right? Yeah, 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 right. Yeah, she works for us, uh, you know, here and there. Yeah, so. that's good. That's good. So that's current day. Lots of employees, lots of projects going on from start to finish. She just uh, expanded over to Denver. And uh, any other uh, expansion, I guess, areas uh, that you're considering? In the near future, or are you just going to stick with what you got, or is we've that been, top secret? There's 50 states, you never yeah, know. Yeah, we've been in Des Moines too since about 2010. Yeah, we went out throughout 2008. 2008, 2008. We went when it, when the economy and all the building uh, collapsed here. A lot of homes were left half built. Yeah, with everybody to pick up the pieces. That's when we went to Iowa and continued to do a lot of work there, which took us through that downtime. Mm, okay. And beyond. Yeah. Yeah. So, Steve, thinking back to the day, you know, when you had this idea and you borrowed that 10 grand and bottled some equipment to current day, all these employees, all these projects, start to finish, you guys can do it all. What do you think has been the hardest time period through this? You know, I, I would imagine it would either be the early days when you're trying to find work and get the business going or going through something like uh, a recession in 2008 or current day because there's just so much going on, so many employees. It's just harder now than ever. I'm like, what, what, what do you think was the most difficult period of the time? They're all difficult. Yeah. <laughs> because you start at the beginning, you're always looking for, you know, that next job. Yeah. So you can send that crew to that next job and pretty soon you get end up with too much of them next jobs. Yeah. You don't have enough crews to send them, so you got to get a little bigger until you get to the day that, you know, you got to be cranking out. There's six estimators upstairs. That's all they do is bid work. Jeez. I mean, every day they're bidding something. Six of them. To keep all these guys busy. Yeah. So, you know, <laughs> does it get any easier? I no. don't think so. No. You guys remember any hard times that stick out in particular that you got through that kind of uh, left a scar a little bit? You're like, I don't ever want to do that again. Well, there's always scars left. <laughs> I remember you didn't say that. <laughs> when we bought that crane, Steve, I think we paid 20 not the crane, the, was it the used link belt? We never bought new equipment in the beginning. It was always used, so you never knew quite what you would yeah. have. Oh, yeah. So we paid, I want to say, 25000 for this piece of equipment. And then it, we didn't have it for more than maybe a month. It needed a $10,000 part. And we're just going, oh. uh, you know, it's worthless without it. Yeah, where are we going to get the money to put that in? And Johnny wasn't around to fix it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that's a bummer. It's, maintenance is always, it's never predictable. So you just yeah. try to do your preventive maintenance programs and hope you get work through them. But, I mean, you can't, yeah. you can't all think people. So. Yeah. I think it was about 10 years before we started. Then we were able to buy new equipment and get the bank loans for... Okay. To buy new and still had used as well, but the yeah. the key pieces I learned over the years is you got to keep the back holes new. You got to keep them productive because it slows down the crew. Oh sure, that's your bread and butter. The back holes, yeah. 
And uh, I think you mentioned earlier on that that banker who borrowed you the original ten grand to get going, you used them throughout the years. Like there was some loyalty created there. Is no. That, no, no, no wrong guy. Uh, that was a personal friend, I believe, of Steve's. But personal oh. friend that I borrowed the ten grand from oh, because okay. I didn't go to the banker because he'd asked too many questions. But <laughs> we did have a great bank in uh, Richfield, uh, Fidelity Bank. We started yeah. out with who has we had uh, a great banker there that got to know us and trusted us. And that's the only reason he borrowed us money in a lot of times because, you know, at times there were things that were not looking very good and he would say, okay, well, this is behind and I don't want to show it on the report. Let's let's figure out, can we put these two or three payments to the backside of the loan? So then we're current again, you know, and yeah. he just... He helped solve problems like that that were, I'm, I'm waiting for it. When we we're towing yet, I was waiting for a semi full of diapers to tip over to help, you know, <laughs> Put keep everything going. Yeah, 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 yeah. But yes, yeah. the banker, it, it is your bank and your bonding company that are your partners and team in this business. Gotcha. So if you could do it all over again, did you make the right choice or would you have chose something else? Uh, what's your thought on being an employed, self-employed, uh, growing a big business like this and choosing the type of industry that you chose. You, you know, overall, it seems like it served you well, but uh, any regrets or would you do, do it all over the, all over again and do it the same way? This is all I know. I'm self-taught. Yeah. I mean, there's not a book out there that's going to tell you how to, how to do a lot of the stuff we do. Really? Okay. Right? Yeah. 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 So it was a good choice for you. Yep. Yeah. I mean, it's, it keeps you on your toes. Right. Cool. Now, Jeanette, I, I noticed you uh, brought a uh, piece of paper there. Before we wrap things up, I, I don't want to cut you short or anybody else short that wants to mention something on the podcast here. You know, did I forget anything that you guys want to bring up or, you know, bullet points that you want to mention? I guess what I always like to say is that our employees, we have 325 employees, many for a very long time. But they are our assets. We like to call it the SM Hanches family team. And that includes all of our employees. And we like to look at each one individually with their talents and their contributions to the company and keep that in mind as as we look back to see where we got today. It was everybody that yeah. worked for us over the years. Yeah. It takes a team. Get her done. Yeah, for sure. Melanie, did I forget anything? No? No? All right. All right. Well, I appreciate your time, guys. We got uh, Crystal, Steve, Jeanette, Johnny, Nate, and I don't know, Jer? Jeremy? Okay. All right. I got Jer. (laughs) And uh, if you guys want to check them out online, their website is smhenches.com. Located in Jordan, Minnesota, the phone number here is 952-595-595. Five one zero zero. Are you guys hiring right now? We're always hiring, but that's not the main number that will go into my voicemail box. It might not oh. ever get taken out. Oh, oh. so you want to go with the four nine two number? Oh, okay, nine five two four nine two seventy five hundred. 5700 5700 5, 5, 5, 5, 5, 5, 5, 5, all right all right all right cut you off uh yeah well, let's let's just go with the website smhenches.com that's h e n t g e s.com it's uh, it's impressive man um you know i i have this image of you steve and Jeanette, sitting back at uh that little house in Shakopee around that dining room table and you know, doing the wrecker business and, uh, and, and Steve, you know, taking his experience uh, in his career at the time and being like, Hey man, 
I think we can make a go out of this. And borrowing that 10,000 bucks from a friend, piecing together some equipment, finding some small jobs. And holy shit, look at you guys now, man. It's, it's, it's incredible. Congratulations on this growth. I see big things for you guys. And uh, keep it going, all right? All right. Thank you. Thanks Thank for you. listening. Thank yep. you. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Bye. That's it, guys. If you know of a Minnesota business leader or a mover and shaker that you feel would be a great guest, please have them go to minnesotamadepodcast.com and have them apply for the show. Thanks for listening, Minnesota.